This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Omar Duri. On today's show, we have a special treat. Kenzie Al-Dafrawi is on the show. The pro squash player is talking all about the UAE national team, the Special Olympics in squash, the top five players in the world coming here, and also all the plans she has in store for every enthusiast who's into squash from the ages of five onward. She's coming on the show and we're discussing everything, everything squash related and also what plans she has for the UAE. Make sure you check it out. 3 p.m. We're going to be here on Pulse95 Radio straight after this break. We're right into the episode. See you there. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that was a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. It's time. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, everything sport, international and local. Now, this next guest that we've had on the show, we've had on the show before, but she was so good. We had to fly her back into the show. And it is Kenzie Al-Dafrawi. Kenzie, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. It's always great to come back. You know what? Um, we've, we've, when was the last time we spoke? A couple of years now? I think it was three years ago. Yeah. Three okay. years ago, yeah. Just under, just under three years ago, actually. That that feels like a while, but it also feels like yesterday. Because as soon as we bounced yeah, off each other yeah. on the conversation, it was like, "Yep, back on track." Definitely, who better? Yeah. Who better to ask about the squash scene in the UAE than yourself? What's been happening in the squash scene in the UAE? So basically, when you and I met the first time, I had all these aspirations to launch my squash academy. I had these aspirations to. Uh, really give squash more visibility in the country and for it to get the exposure and the media attention that it deserves. Um, but I hadn't launched my academy yet. It was all, I was still doing the market research and I was still trying to figure out how to start. Now, the big thing that I noticed about the UAE is that it's the perfect country for squash. First of all, you have all of these expats who love squash. Mm. Uh, UK, you know, all the British people, all the Pakistanis, Indians, Egyptians, those nationalities love squash mm. uh, and at the same time have incredible resources so squash courts are located everywhere in the country they're in almost every residential building they're in the gyms they're in hotels they're in all the sports clubs so it was very confusing to me you know i saw this big gap i was like how come you have all of the people who are interested and you have all of these resources yet squash is one of those sports that is completely unheard of and not talked about at all and this was before the paddle uh, bug as yeah. people would call it <laughs> so I really didn't know what was going on and when I did some market research I realized that the big gap was the fact that there was no squash academy to bring all of those people together there was not like one location in the UAE 
to bring people of all ages, all backgrounds, all levels, who can really find other people to play with and also coaches uh, to train with. So when you and I met, I was still in the research, um, you know, research period. I was trying to really look into the market and plan myself. Where am I going to launch first? Who are going to be my target audience? How will I start? Because it was just myself. I had no funding. It was just me, myself and I. Um, at the end of the day, yes, I do have a lot of credibility as a squash athlete, uh, given my, my previous achievements, but it's still a sport that no one kind of, you know, cares about here. Um, so it's not given a lot of attention. So I, I had to start completely from scratch. So that's when you and I last spoke. Yeah, it's interesting. What's the what's the UAE talent like here in squash? Because like you said, you know, we've got a lot of um, we've got a lot of squash courts. We've got them in hotels and places and everything, etc. But there wasn't that kind of like blueprint to what you're doing. When you saw the UAE talent, what were they like here? So when I started, I honestly wanted to get as many people as possible. So I had no filter whatsoever. I just was, you know, um, advertising the Squash Academy for anyone. Whether you are pregnant, you are injured, you want to lose weight, you want to play for fun, you want to be a pro. Literally, it was open for everyone and anyone. And that's why the audience was, you know, very wide. And it really helped us to get more people, which is why I started hiring more people, hiring more coaches, hiring a proper team, expanding in new locations, etc. Because we were just open to everyone. Then slowly, my team and I started to segregate, uh, you know, different levels, and we started creating different programs for each levels. In the beginning, the talent was very hard to identify because we mostly attracted the amateur uh, level. But then slowly, we started seeing a few youngsters who really have great potential in becoming champions later on. Mm. So those were the people where, you know, we really saw uh, a great future for them, but we had to teach them from scratch. So it was like five-year-olds, six-year-olds, where they had never played squash before, but training them consistently, we saw that they could actually become and have a professional career in squash. Mm. Um, and now, currently, what we're trying to do is to recruit people from abroad to be based out of to live here and to train here and to be based out of here. Mm -hmm. So the local talent is not that much because again, no one has ever been based out of Dubai as a professional or even as a serious squash player. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to build that new generation of champions or recruit people from abroad. Mm -hmm. So two two things in that I really liked. One thing, um, what's the right age to start in squash? You being a squash player and a pro, what's the right age to start in squash? So the, the average age is between six and seven. Okay. Um, of course, some people try later, but squash is one of those sports where you cannot start later than 10 because you need to learn all of the basics when you're really young. And that's, of mm. course, if you want to play at a profession, uh, professional level. Mm. Uh, but funny story, when I first launched, the only uh, client I had was a four-year-old Egyptian boy. And he had never had the racket before. The racket was like double the size of his uh, body. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have kids' rackets at the time. Uh, but I found myself in a situation where this was the only person I had in front of me. His parents were very keen. Uh, he had never played before, but I took it as a challenge. I said, okay, I know that this is very young for someone to play. Mm. But since he's the only person I have right now, I'm just going to take it as a challenge, teach him how to play. And you never know, maybe this person can become the world number one later on mm. so uh, this is how i started uh, i mean again there's no age restriction but the earlier uh, earlier the better because if you wait long it will you know you, you you'll, you'll just be too late into learning places. what was his name salim salim so it's shout out to salim he's the 
He's the strongest junior player I have right now. Yes. Yes, yeah. we love that. <laughs> we love yeah. that. Uh, That's awesome. seven now. Oh, yeah. mashallah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask you before we take a quick break. Um, a lot of the time people look at talent um, from a young age, but because you're in the position you're in now and, and you're Kanzi, right? So I, I put you in high regard. You're also looking at coaches. What do you look for in a coach? So the first thing is that squash is again a niche sport. It's very hard to find coaches. Hmm. First of all, when I, you know, when I first launched, I didn't have the luxury or the capacity or the funding to recruit coaches from outside. So what I did, I just looked at the resources around me. I found ex-squash players who have other jobs. And I told them, hey, how do you feel about leaving your job and coming to coach for me? Hmm. And they loved it because it's not a corporate job. They love coaching. They love teaching. Some of them made a lot more money than their corporate jobs. So in the beginning, I just looked around me to get the resources that I could get. And we were doing weekly training because I wanted all of my coaches to follow the same philosophy of training. Of course, some of them will be a bit more aggressive. Some of them will be a bit more technical. Some of them are a bit more intense. But at the end of the day, I wanted my academy for all the, the coaches to follow the same teaching philosophy. So if a client is, is uh, you know, playing two times with Coach Jason and two times with Coach Muhammad, they still don't feel that big of a difference in terms of their teaching philosophy. So that's how it started. But then a bit later on, uh, I would say about six, seven months ago, we really started having a lot of that professional athlete interest. People who wanted to play pro, people wanted to compete in international tournaments. So this is when I realized that I really needed to up my game with the coaches. And I recruited one coach from Egypt who's considered to be one of the best coaches in the world. His name is Abdurrahman Sargani. So he's now living here full-time with the academy and he's taking care of a program called the Elite Squash Program, which has the top 12 people in the academy who are juniors. And this program consists of everything. So it's a 360 program that has nutrition, fitness. Uh, we track their progress, we track their sleep, we track literally everything. And he's taking care of them from A to Z to get them to that next level. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. I know you guys are flying with Daf right now, but when we come back down to ground level, once we get back, he'll be right back with the legends of Kenzie on the studio. See you right after this. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the fire that What's a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio. And if you're kicking yourself for missing the show, don't worry. You can catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Or if you prefer a visual and want to see the sister herself, then head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio, and we are there. Kanzi, that first uh, that first segment had us flying. We had to cool down a bit. So now that we're calm... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we're trying to spin that in. You know how we do it. Um... What have you been up to since we met? Because I've been following what you've been doing on social media and I've seen so much going on. Um, how are you since we last met and, and, and how has all this stuff uh, been for you? 
So when we first met, I hadn't yet launched the Academy. Uh, I launched it shortly after. It's been exactly two years since uh, the official launch of the Academy. Um, again, in the beginning, I was just trying to get as many clients as possible. But then once the Academy was fully booked, I kept expanding as many locations as possible. So I started in Jumeirah Minas Salam, and then I moved to Jumeirah Beach Hotel, and then I moved to Al Aish on the other side of town, and then I moved to uh, Dubai Ladies Club, uh, and then I moved to uh, Fitness First, and then Emirates Golf Club, and then Abu Dhabi. So, you know, we just started to expand in as many locations as possible in order for us to really put our a mark in the whole country. Mm. And of course, we're looking at expanding in different Emirates. We started in Dubai, but then we then moved to Abu Dhabi and next, of course, is Sharjah. I'm going to open a slush court in your studio next. Listen, you know what, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to show us love as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, right now we have, an, uh, we have a local league that's open for all levels. Nice. And in the beginning, it was just Dubai. Uh, next one, we're opening it to Abu Dhabi and Sharjah and um, Ras Al Khaimah. So it will really quickly expand in all of the Emirates as well. Of course, this is uh, this is my short-term uh, plan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so after we expanded in many different locations, we came to the conclusion that UAE is one of the best and most convenient cities in the world for pro athletes to live in. Not only do we have the resources, it's geographically very convenient for them to be based out of here and fly to all of their tournaments internationally. It's very convenient. It's very safe. Uh, it's very luxurious for athletes to be based out of here. So we wanted professional athletes to be based out of here and to consider the UAE as their home for training. Nice. And the goal is to, play, to place the UAE on the map, on the global map, to become the ultimate squash hub globally. And like in the whole world, we want the UAE to be recognized as the best squash country in the world. Yeah. Um, as people know, Egypt has been dominating the squash world in the past 15 to 20 years. All the pro athletes are, are uh, you know, uh, they, they, they arise from there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, most of them right now are living abroad. So, for example, you have Nurul Sherbini, she's training in Prague. You have Mohamed Sharbagi, he's half-time in the UK, half-time in Prague. Nuran Gohar, the world number one, she lives in the US right now. So, if you look at the top athletes, most of them are scattered around the world. And they, they're not actually based in Egypt. And that's because they're following the best coaches in the world and they're they're trying to be near them. So what we're trying to do next is to bring all of those athletes here to be permanently based out of the UAE and to consider the UAE their utmost and their best uh, home for squash training. Love that. Love that. I think like with everything in terms of the environment, the resources, um, the personnel, the people that are are coming into the country and using this as the hub to kind of really you mentioned the word elite earlier and i think in every sport you've got to have an elite environment and i think this is perfect for it so that's why when you said it i i, I put a, a circle around it because <laughs> i like the fact that um obviously it's it's recognized for that in all the different type of sports now but before here we used to travel out to get that kind of attention and that feel and that flavor now people are coming here which is which exactly. is great yeah. what what is it that that makes it so diverse um to be able to have that pull to bring in athletes and coaches from around the world here you just have to sell it to them as this is the perfect place for you to just train and not to worry about anything else for example if you train in egypt egypt is the best place for training but it's a third world country traffic is really bad uh, people have to be stuck in traffic for an hour to an hour and a half to get to their uh, training. 
inflation is really high right now. Uh, if you compare the UAE with any other country in the world, you will never find these all of these boxes. Convenience, easy, ease of accessibility, luxurious living, resources. Nice. Um, yeah, exactly. A, a good weather. You know, everything is perfectly for the, perfect for them to be based out of here without having to worry about anything else. You have the best doctors, you have the best uh, physiotherapists, you know, just an all uh, 360 solution for them to not have to worry about anything else. They just focus on their training and travel to their tournaments all around the world. Mm-hmm. And of course, the second thing is bringing a world-class coach. Because once you bring one world-class coach, literally all the athletes will follow. They don't care where the coach is located; mm. everyone will follow. So, the, bringing coach is also one of the one of the biggest things. And I think with the with the UAE in general, because no professional squash player has ever been based out of here. Once you start setting foot, uh, you know, having even even a small number, three or four uh, permanent athletes who live here. That will give the other athletes a lot more encouragement and motivation to always pass through Dubai, whether it's between tournaments, uh, whether it's in their off-season or whatever, just to always pass through Dubai and consider it like a really good space for them to train. Mm. Any athletes to watch out for, to, to, to possibly be shortlisted for the first? <laughs> yeah, so we actually have uh, the world number 23 right now. He lives here permanently with us, Mustafa Sirati, Egyptian, um, Egyptian player. Uh, we sponsored him, he's playing under the name of the Flying Duff, he's training with us, so he was the first one. And right now, um, something super exciting is uh, is happening. So today is the first day of uh, Flipper Devices Camp Champions, which is basically the first training camp of its kind, where we're bringing eight of the most elite and most successful squash players in the world to come to, um, to the UAE to train. And we are covering everything. You know, we cover their flights and their um, food and their training uh, fees and, uh, you know, transportation and everything. And we are basically giving them the opportunity to come here and train for a week without having to worry about anything. And we split them into two groups. So the first group starts tomorrow, 3rd of September. Uh, sorry, today, 3rd of September until the 8th of September. Uh, it's open for the public to come and uh, to come and watch the athletes train. The tournament is friendly, so nothing crazy. But again, this is just the first step towards our big vision. If anyone wants to book uh, and come watch, they can book through the Flying Daff app. And we have um, Nuran Gohar, world number one and world champion, is going to be here. Marawana Shorbagi, uh, world number three and former world number one, is going to be here. Uh, Abdallah Tamimi, uh, number one in Qatar and number 17 in the world, is going to be here. Amanda Sobi, Sabrina Sobi, Nicole Banyan. So we have a really good group of athletes and people can just come meet them take pictures with them get their autographs watch them play uh, and this is just the first step towards uh, you know the big vision that we want to achieve and the second phase is going to be between 17 and 22nd of September where we're gonna have because right now the rankings are changing every week mm. so you have five athletes five male players who are battling for the number one position every week and wow. we're bringing all five we're wow. bringing all yeah, so we're bringing Diego Elias, former world number one, current world number two, uh, Mohamed Al-Sharbagi, Mustafa Asal, Karim Abdelgawad, and uh, fifth one, Paul Cole from New Zealand. So okay. we're bringing the top athletes, again, uh, split into two phases to come train, open for the public. And this is just to give the athletes a small taste of how the UAE can be 
their home for, for squash training later on. Mm, exciting times ahead, Kenzie, man. I'm looking forward to it. You know, for me as well, because it's a sport that I don't know as much about, when I hear you mention number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, and all fighting for it, and it could happen every single week, I'm like, this is like an episode. Like, I'm watching something now, yeah. and it's like non-stop changing. This is what people want to see, right? Definitely. And I think, again, because squash is so underrated, people don't really, they don't necessarily recognize these names. But this is literally to the level of me saying I'm bringing Nadal and Federer and Djokovic in the same uh, same week, you know? It's like that kind of intensity. And uh, it's it's so accessible. The the camp is happening at the J Club inside Mm -hmm. Jamar Beach Hotel. So people can just come in and meet those athletes and we're giving people the opportunity to be so close to them and to watch them play and compete. So I think it's a great start for the UAE to be to become that ultimate uh, squash hub globally that we want, you know, that vision that we want to achieve. And just giving those athletes the most, you know, they, they're getting treated like royalties here. We're trying to do our best to make them feel comfortable and excited and for them to also have a lot of fun so that they can, you know, hopefully soon, very soon consider Dubai their second home. Love it. Love it. We need to cool down after that. That was one heck of a segment. And we're coming straight back after this on Pulse95 Radio. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Pulse95. Oh, he loves the fire. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Salam, welcome back to the Halftime Show. Always a good time here on Pulse95 Radio with my dear friend Candy, who is back on the show uh, because she was so good the first time. And so much has happened since then. Um, and we've talked about academies and the UAE being the hub and, and, and the best top five in the world, battling out for number one spot and, and everything. But I have to ask you, Kans, I've got to ask how you are doing. This stuff can get overwhelming. <laughs> and I'm no, just and talking about so it from, for... a, from a host point of view. How are you feeling about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, thank you. Thank you so much for asking this. I don't, uh, I don't get asked this question often. Uh, I think maybe because I always portray myself as I'm doing amazing, I'm totally in control, I'm killing it, but deep down, like behind the scenes, it's not at all like that. Uh, It's really hard being an entrepreneur. I thought that being a professional athlete is hard, Mm. uh, but being an entrepreneur is honestly a hundred times harder just because of the amount of responsibility that you have. When I was a professional athlete, yes, I had to give dedication and uh, I had to be very consistent and I had to follow a certain, uh, I had to be dedicated, I had to be follow a certain schedule and all of that. But at the end of the day, it was just me. All of my actions affected me only. But as an entrepreneur, I'm leading a whole empire. So it's so hard. Everything, I have so many responsibilities and every single, uh, you know, band that I'm dealing with in the academy is so big and so huge. For example, you know, there's the, the UE National Squash Team. This is the first of its kind. There has never been a UE National Squash Team before. So that on its own is big. Then you have all the tournaments. Then you have all the day-to-day operations of the coaches, of the clients. Then you have all the expansions and all of the locations. So 
it's really a lot and i think people don't really realize how much work goes into uh running a business especially one that's with this uh, Uh, you know, with this size and these many responsibilities and these many uh, goals to achieve. And I think one of the biggest things that uh, I'm known by is I'm never satisfied. So this is also the other thing. Whenever I reach something, I just get over it in two seconds. No matter how big the achievements is, the achievement is, I forget about five minutes later. I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? Give me the next big thing. I'm done. Oh yes, this was great. Let's put it behind us. I want the next big thing. So. It's, I get really easily burnt out without noticing and I crash a lot. Uh, you know, I find myself uh, not sleeping for weeks. I find myself not eating properly for weeks or not uh, having uh, the energy that I'm supposed to have or having mood swings or things like that. But that's just because I really burn myself out. Mm. And I just always try to keep a balance between Okay, having a social life, seeing my friends, trying to sleep enough, trying to get my workouts in, trying to stay healthy and eat, uh, stick to a healthy diet, try to take vacation days. Um, but again, because my job is my biggest passion and I really love what I do, especially that now we have such a big social impact in the UAE. I feel like I'm so attached to what I do. Every time I'm on vacation, I'm still thinking about work. I'm still thinking about the next big thing. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's just always trying to find that balance uh, between everything. But uh, thank you so much for asking me that. I appreciate it. Didn't expect it. I don't get asked a lot. So thank you for that. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. How um, how do you reset? Again, I always try to take some time off. Uh, just away from everything, whether that's in a different country or, uh, you know, in a different uh, emirate, just away from my academy locations. I just try to really take some time off and spend time with my friends. I don't, I'm not really a fan of alone time. Mm. Uh, I find it very isolating. I'm a very social person, so I always try to disconnect with people around me. Sometimes I go back home to see my family and things like that. But Yeah, just taking some time off away, but my reset time is very short. It's probably a few days that can be counted on one, on one hand. So. Yeah. Is there, apart from Egypt, is there a country that you would you would go to? Not necessarily. I just always, I love traveling in general. So I always like to go to different countries. I travel all the time. Mm. Uh, so just generally, I love Europe. Uh, I like the US because I used to live there for, for six and a half years. My wife would uh, love yeah. the fact you said that. The fact you mentioned US, my love, my 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 love, my wife yeah. would love the fact you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I studied there. I lived there. It's, yeah. uh, it's a part of it's a part of who I am. Mm. I played college squash there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing in particular. I love to explore different cultures, different countries all the time. But again, I always go to the randomest countries that you would never hear about squash, mm. and I always manage to find squash courts and go speak to the managers there. Nice. And like. Come to come to the UAE. Let's do it. And I've done that multiple times. Like one time, I was in Seychelles on vacation with my friends, and I ended up going to the Seychelles Squash Association. Mm. I recruited squash players, and they came to do a camp here uh, at the J Club in Dubai. Wow. So I still always find a way. Just working. To, uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> just I like it so much. For me, it's not work. It's more like it. It really gives me adrenaline, and it gives me like happiness and endorphins. So I just mm. always. Love that, love that. Um, <laughs> have you been to Japan? No, I've been ah. like almost everywhere in Asia, but not Japan. You see, I haven't, my... I haven't been to Japan either, but that's the one place 
whenever I ask someone, I always want to hear more and more about it because I don't hear anything but positive things about Japan. Yeah. And when you、same. said about recruiting and, and bringing and speaking, and、oh, I was thinking, oh, if she goes to Japan, I need to get all the notes off that because that would be fire. I've been to、uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Malaysia. Wow. So、okay. we're trying to like, do some business there, but Japan, not yet. There,、right. there aren't、uh, Japanese squash players, by the way, like、really? professional. Okay. There are probably like two or three. Really, like it's very non popular there.、Hey. I'm not sure why. Hey, that's a market right there. That's a sign. That's a sign. <laughs>、uh, we got one more segment coming up after the break. We'll see you right after this. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the pie. This is the halftime show with Omar Al Dhuri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! We are back and we are live on Pulse 95 Radio. I can't believe it's almost full time on the halftime show, but hey, listen, when you get fantastic guests on here, I have the Pleasure and privilege of interviewing them and speaking to them and just selfishly just having a conversation with them because I love that.、Uh, Kanzi, thanks again、uh, for, for taking the time out. I know you're super busy and I know you wanted to come into the studio for everyone that's listening and all your fans. I know you wanted to come into the studio because you're super, super busy with what you're doing at the moment.、Um, we had to settle for a Zoom and you know what? It's a pretty good settle. <laughs> so, so. Next time, I'll have to do it in the studio for sure. Yes, the hat trick has to be in the studio. There, I'm going to hold、yeah. you to it.、Um, what's next for you? Because there's so much happening at the moment now. You mentioned a couple of dates, but what's going on at the moment? So, again, the, there are a lot of things happening, but just to try to recap them, first of all, the UMI national team,、mm-hmm. we are currently in the recruiting phase, so registrations are open for all Emirati locals who live here between the ages of five and 18. So, it's open, no previous experience is required. So, the, the first thing is to launch that program and to have a national squash team that can compete internationally. So, that's one. Number two is obviously to expand in as many Emirates as possible. We want to make sure we open that channel between Emirates in terms of competition.、Uh, the other thing is we want to, I spoke a lot about this in the beginning, but to recruit as many professionals to live in the UAE and to consider the UAE their ultimate squash hub. And、uh, the last thing,、uh, which I think is the most important for me, two things, sorry. One is the schools, because right now, In order for the UE to really have that next generation of champions and for squash to be you know, rooted in those young generations from a very young age, we really need to、um, attack schools. So, you know, high schools,、uh, middle schools, like just students, where we can really encourage them to come and play squash because that's how you get volume of kids interested in the, in the program. Then we have the Special Olympics program, which basically is open for all athletes of determination.、Uh, we've been running this program for nine months now.、Um, and honestly, the kids have been incredible. Incredible. They have picked up squash. Like, it's,、uh, you know, their, it's com- their complete comfort zone. They can play a game, they, can, they know the rules.、Uh, so, hopefully, we can get squash into the Special Olympics. I know that squash is not in the Olympics.、Uh, But getting in into the Special Olympics would be a great achievement,、Amazing. which is something that I'm working towards.、Um, and again,、uh, for us to be, for the UAE to be recognized globally, the other thing that I want to do with my team is to set up、um, 
uh, international tournaments, but big ones. So, for example, the World Championship can be based out of the UAE, uh, the PSG World Tour Finals, uh, you know, just some of the biggest uh, major squash tournaments. We want them to be held here in the UAE to give that big exposure. And we want to put the squash court. I don't know, have you seen that all glass squash court before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen something so similar they, to it. Yeah. They've put it in front of the pyramids, they've put it in, uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower in Paris, they put it, they brought it here in the UAE, they put it in front of the Burj Khalifa once, in front of the, inside Emirates Golf Club once, so it's a very nice iconic glass court because people can watch from all around it. Yeah. And it's really incredible, it's an incredible squash venue, so the plan is to bring that uh, glass court and to run an international tournament. But I really want to put this glass court somewhere where traffic is already there. So, for example, Dubai Mall, somewhere where people wouldn't need to travel to go to it. So, because, again, because squash is so underrated, you need to place the squash court. You need to give the sport a lot more visibility. So, if people are walking around the mall, they can just automatically see it without having to travel to it or to get in their car and make an effort to go to it. Mm. Um, so, that's the next step is to run big international tournaments as well. Amazing. Um, before I let you go, uh, so where can we find out all this information, all the latest what's happening with you? So we have a mobile app uh, available on iOS and Android, The Flying Daft, The Flying Daft on Instagram, theflyingdaft.com. My personal Instagram, Kenzie Daft, uh, website. Yeah, and uh, again, if you're ever in the Jumeirah area, we're located at the J Club. Uh, this is our HQ and uh, the camp is happening here between, again, between the 3rd and 8th and of September and 17th to 22nd of September. So if anyone is around, please pass uh, pass by to meet the world champions and some of the best players in the world. Amazing. You have been terrific as always. I wouldn't expect anything less. Thank you so Thank much you for coming so on the much. show. Thank you so much. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 UAE time. And if you do miss it, the podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or the YouTube channel at Pulse95 Radio. Guys, take care from me and Kanzi. Bye. Bye. Thank you. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm.